Welcome to True Drew Podcast, your source for all things Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Avery, and on this podcast, we'll discuss everything from the Nancy Drew books, to computer games, to movie adaptations, and TV shows. Nothing is off the table. So if you're a True Drew, you'll definitely want to tune in for this podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of True Drew Podcast. My name is Avery, and today we're going to be talking about one of the craziest Nancy Drew books. And I know I said this about the mystery at Lilac Inn, but I feel like this book is crazier in a lot of ways. Also, I hope you all are doing well and fighting off the winter blues, and it's the last day of February. It feels like February, it's the shortest month of the year, but it is so long in so many ways so I'm, I'm glad for for us to move into spring now so the mystery at or the mystery of the moss covered mansion is the 18th book in the series and it was first published in 1941 and we have three separate book covers that we're going to be discussing today and of course as always these are posted on my instagram which is true Drew podcast on wednesdays the day before this podcast airs so the first edition of this cover shows nancy bess and george burying what looks like money or they've unburied some money they've got a little lantern and they are in the woods near the moss covered mansion and you can see a full moon in the background now this doesn't really play too much into the revised storyline that i'm aware of so maybe this has something to do with the original plot because the revised is crazy but it looks like nancy and bess and george of course naturally are dressed to the nines they're wearing really nice dresses while they're out here in the woods with shovels because you know that's how they do. As for the second edition of this cover, it's not too different from the first. It just looks a little more texturized, I guess, if that makes sense. It's more sketch-like in quality because the Russell Tandy covers, of course, have that dream-like kind of haze over them. But we, again, have Nancy, Bess, and George, and it looks like Bess is making this offering. She's putting money in the hole or taking it out one. And Nancy is, of course, wielding the shovel. And in the third cover, this is really a wild card because, again, we have Nancy's floating head and we have a black panther, like, in a tree behind her in this creepy-looking Victorian mansion, which I'm assuming is the moss-covered mansion. But, yeah, it's, it's very different from the first two covers. But I will say one interesting thing about all these covers is Nancy has strawberry blonde or Titian hair on every single one of them. So this is like the first time that's happened. Usually the earlier covers show Nancy with bright blonde hair. So kind of interesting. So I came up with a couple funny cover spoofs for the earlier two covers. And the first one that I came up with is money may not grow on trees, but maybe we can bury it. Also, I'm so curious about the original plot of this book. So if anybody has an original book out there for the mystery of the moss covered mansion, I would love to know what's going on here. Are they burying the money? Are they finding the money? Someone let me know on Instagram. So the second cover spoof that I came up with is, well, I guess we're really in the hole now. And the third cover spoof for the revised flashlight edition is just here, kitty, kitty. As for the book cover ratings, I gave the two older editions a three magnifying glass rating because I really liked them. And I gave the revised edition a one because... I don't know. I feel like in the revised editions, they were just like, let's put Nancy's head floating somewhere on the cover. And it's just, eh, I don't know. I mean, the Panther, that definitely got my attention, but I, I don't know. It's just not my favorite cover. 
So I hope you all are ready to dive into the craziness that is this book because you thought Mystery at Lilac Inn was crazy. This one, I think it, it tops that. There's there's so many things. There's plots against NASA. There's circus animals. It's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, if Harriet Stratmeyer Adams is the one that revised this one and I'm thinking she did like bravo because the the imagination is it's it's very creative I will say that so let's start out with the characters in this book and to begin with we have Mr. and Miss Billington and Mr. Billington is suspected of trying to blow up NASA yeah you heard me right and uh Carson Drew has been hired by him to try and you know prove his innocence and there's also an Anton and Tina Rosardo, and they are the caretakers at the Billingtons' house in Florida. There is a Commander Nichols, who is Carson's friend. Patrick Croft, who is NASA security, and I believe he knows Hannah Gruen. There is Mr. Scarlett, who is a realtor. Joss Longman Fortin, and Max Ivinson. And we also get Bess and George tagging along on this mystery, and at some points, Ned, Bert, and Dave as well. So I have come up with a synopsis for this book, but it's a bit of a doozy, so just hang on. Our mystery opens with Carson puzzling over the personal ads, but not for that reason. He is trying to cipher out a possible code in the ads, and Nancy helps him. Before she can divulge what she's uncovered, though, a crash is heard outside. Bess and George, who were coming to stay with Nancy, were hit by a reckless driver who is under the influence of something. Bess and George are fine, talk to the police, and Nancy tells her father about the message she uncovered. Carson says he thinks it's connected to his case, which has to do with NASA. Someone snuck explosives into oranges and in the basement of the Space Center. So everyone sets off for Florida with the intention of meeting Ned at his family's house party later. The group gets a less-than-friendly welcome from the Billington's caretakers. And Bess overhears someone on an extension saying to watch the visitors when trying to place a call. Nancy almost gets a crate of oranges dropped on her head, but moves out of the way, and then the girls visit the home the Nickersons have. Nancy sees a moss-covered mansion next door and hears a scream. Miss Nickerson says she thinks the people own wild animals. Nancy and the group tour NASA, and Hannah decodes another personal ad that says Drew. Nancy interviews Patrick Croft, the security guard who let the explosive oranges in, but doesn't learn much. But later, he calls her, and while they're on the phone, someone breaks in and attacks him, telling him not to talk to Nancy Drew. There is then a series of crazy events. The orange grove is set on fire. Mr. Scarlet, the realtor, chases Nancy to get the key to the Webster place. Someone tries to steal Nancy's purse. Carson's plane from River Heights has to make a crash landing, and Nancy impersonates an animal control secretary to explore the moss-covered mansion. She finds a steel door she'll come back to investigate later. Nancy and the police discover the Rosardos were making bombs. Ned, Bert, and Dave fight off and trap a leopard with sausage tree branches and a whip, and Nancy and Ned end up trapped in a room with a pool full of boiling water. With the FBI, local police, and NASA's help, the evil scientists trying to destroy the Space Center's rocket with a missile are thwarted, and Nancy solves another mystery. Like, I'm sorry, what? What is happening? Because, okay, when I was reading this book, at several points, I would stop and I would consult with my husband and I would be like, oh, there's something that has to do with NASA. 
And I was like, there's explosive oranges. No, now they're circus animals. Oh no, Carson Drew's plane is going down. Like, every 10 to 15 pages, it was some crazy plot point. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? I, I will say, Harriet knows how to make a page turner because this book was very unbelievable. As for my newspaper headline synopsis, I don't know how you really... Uh, condense that, but I said plot against U.S. space program thwarted by teen detective. So I wrote down a lot of notes for this one because there was, there was just so much there. It was so crazy. So, ah, I don't know where to even begin. So my first note just says Carson was looking in the personal ads and at first I thought Daddy Drew might be looking for love but it had to do with a case that he was on. He was trying to figure out these personal ads in the newspaper seemed to be coded and so Nancy was able to figure that out because you know she's an expert code breaker but at first I was thinking oh maybe Mr. Drew's looking for looking for a lady for his life but no he wasn't. My next note says, Bess and George get in a wreck right in front of Nancy's, but thankfully they're okay. That I was not expecting. When they said there was a crash, at first I thought that Hannah Gruen had fallen in the kitchen, and I was I was so upset because I was like, no, nothing can happen to Hannah. But it, it, was, it was bad, too, that it happened to Bess and George, but thankfully they were okay. It really doesn't explain what that person was on that was driving the other car, but it just says they were impaired, so... I don't know, but they were okay. That's the bottom line. So the next thing that I wrote down is Nancy solves the cipher in the personal ads and Carson says it does have to do with his case. Apparently, someone smuggled some explosives in some oranges into NASA. And I just said, what? What is happening? I mean, I feel like when Harriet revised this book, she was like, what does Florida have? Oh, they have oranges and they have NASA. Let's just throw this into the plot. But like, how? How did they smuggle explosives into the orange? Like, what? They had to be very, very small, but apparently still do quite a bit of damage. And, And they didn't because, you know, NASA is fine. NASA's great. They're doing good. But... Houston, there was no problem. But I was just like, what? (laughs) So my next note just says, that's some citric acid right there. Some high C, if you will. Oh, gosh. So Ned's parents have a house on Merritt Island where the Billingtons, who were accused of, you know, exploding some oranges at NASA, are conveniently from. And the Nickersons are having a house party. So, of course, everyone's invited. But another crazy example of Carson and Nancy's wealth is that Miss Nickerson mentions, oh, there's a house, you know, down here that's available. You should look at it and ask your father to buy it. And Nancy loves the house and she goes to look at it. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like, yeah, let's just go buy a vacation home in Florida. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That sounds pretty nice. But I mean, you have this three-story house in River Heights. What do you want with this house in Florida? Other than, you know, it's right next to Ned's family's vacation home. But what if you guys break up? I'm not trying to be negative, but... So I did take note of another detail about the Drew's home in River Heights. And apparently they have a burglar alarm in this book. And I said they're getting with the times because this book was revised in 1969 and again in 1971. So I found that it was pretty fitting. I mean, there's so many people that break into the Drew's house and then Carson breaks into his own house because he forgets his key. But I was like, yeah, if anybody needs a burglar alarm, it's you all. 
So my next note is the Drews, Hannah, and Bess and George wait at the airport in Florida for the caretakers, Anton and Tina Rosardo, to pick them up, but they never come. And they're extremely rude once everyone arrives at the house and Tina says Carson told her the wrong airport. Then they don't cook for everyone, but take huge helpings of whatever Hannah cooks and they eat in their room. I was like, yikes, this is so awkward. But Nancy says that man's the limit when he takes half of their pie. And then Hannah says, how long does that woman expect me to wash her dirty dishes and prepare meals? And I was like, yeah, you know, Hannah needs a vacation. She's always waiting on Nancy and Carson. Not that they're, you know, difficult by any means. But I was like, yeah, Hannah works really hard and she just wants to come on this trip. And then everybody's like, okay, Hannah, cook for us and do this. And it's like, she needs a break. We need justice for Hannah. Let her take a trip. So this next note had me laughing so hard. I said, sausage tree. They mention a sausage tree in the book. And I said, is that a real thing? I've never heard of a sausage tree. That sounds made up. And I looked it up and no, it's a real thing. And it it looks like what you are picturing in your mind right now, if you're, if you're not already Googling it. But yeah, it looks like there's huge potato sized sausages hanging from the branches. And I was today years old when I figured out that exists. I mean, I'm from Tennessee. We do not have sausage trees here. We have pine trees. We have maple trees. We have oak trees. We have all other kinds of trees, but I've, no, I've never heard of a sausage tree. (laughs) So, so George goes up to one of these sausage trees and after feeling one, she says, wow, this would make a real swinging weapon. (laughs) And I could not stop laughing. I was just like, this this is a kid's book. This is a kid's book. This is the revised edition. Why did, what, what is, I don't know. Yeah, I have a dirty mind. And uh, yeah, you don't, don't pretend like your mind didn't go there as well. So my next note says everyone goes to tour the Kennedy Space Center and Hannah gets to go, which was fun for her, I'm sure. But she goes missing and she finds her distant relative of hers, her Baylor who works there. I like, I love how Hannah has all these connections in the book. She'll just be like, oh yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my distant relative just works at NASA. But she never brags about it. Like, she just keeps it real, which is so cool. So, this next note is making history, and that's why I wrote it down. But Bess comments on the tour that she wants to be an astronaut because the food menu sounds so good. And George says, not a word which I thought was amazing because usually George, you know, she always has to take an opportunity to put Bess down and make fun of her. And so I was so happy. I was glad that she didn't make fun of Bess. Also, Bess would make an amazing astronaut. Let's just be real. But I'm, I'm glad that she decides not to go that way with her career path because Nancy needs her to help solve mysteries. So the next thing that I took a note of is someone steals pictures of Nancy, Carson, Ned, Bess, George, and Hannah. And I said, that's so creepy. And Carson calls the police over it, which I thought was kind of funny. I mean, it seems kind of like an overreaction. I mean, I know they stole something of yours, your pictures, but uh, I mean, what are, what are the police really going to do? It's definitely an invasion of privacy, but it's just another sign of the times. Like, nobody takes pictures of themselves and then brings them with them on vacation. Like, you would just have pictures on your phone. But the Rosardos say that they didn't do it. 
So my next note is Bess wants Nancy to stop so she can pick some flowers and an alligator almost gets her. I I just don't trust Florida. I, I check the toilets. I assume that every body of water has something nasty in it. And so the fact that Bess is like, yeah, I want to pick these flowers on the side of the road. And Nancy's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. They just, there's no no thought to like what could be in there but thankfully Bess is okay because that would be traumatizing to see your friend eaten by an alligator on the side of the road my next note is just they should have called this mystery the mystery of the explosive oranges because it's hilarious throughout the entire book Nancy Bess and several other people keep referring to it as the mystery of the explosive oranges and I could not stop laughing I was just just funny like I'm just picturing Nancy having a big case file like she does in the Nancy Drew games and it's just like the creature of Kapu Cave and treasure in the royal tower and then the mystery of the explosive oranges the tagline could be will Nancy nab the bad guys will vitamin C so now we're to the part where the exotic animals come into the story because, you know, it's, it's not a good Nancy Drew book unless we have some exotic animals. So Nancy, Bess, and George investigate the screams that they were hearing at the moss-covered mansion, and it turns out that it's a ton of circus animals, including a black panther. I mean, I'm just picturing Nancy, Bess, and George investigating the outside of this property, and then all these animals, like it says lions and rhinos and elephants, like panthers are just running at the fence and the panther actually tries to jump the fence and go after him and this guy comes at him with a whip and it's just it's just so weird but you know in a way it kind of is fitting it kind of like seems in the spirit of florida in a way like if you're from there correct me if i'm wrong but i just feel like there's so many so many crazy things that come on the news and it's always like florida I mean, other states have their share of crazy headlines, too, but I, you know. <laughs> so, okay, the person who beat up Patrick Croft, the NASA security guy who got in trouble for talking to Nancy, was wearing flippers. <laughs> and I'm just picturing someone like, you know, you're on the phone and you're just having a conversation with someone and then someone busts in the door and they come running at you in flippers and like scuba apparatus. Like, I'm sorry, I would, I would probably be terrified, but at the same time, I would die laughing. And apparently, this person did this because they wanted to disguise their footprints. But I'm, I'm just like, how did you run away? I'm sure it was just like, just really loud and just clumsy. I feel like I would fall if I was trying to run flippers, but that's just me. My next note is just alligators, exploding oranges, circus animals, and arson. So, the bad guys set fire to the orange grove and that's like the least of everybody's problems because also shortly after that Carson Drew's plane starts having technical problems and they have to crash land this thing and he's okay he's thankfully okay but I was just like whoa there's so many disasters in this book but I will say not a one of them is boat related so it's very creative Okay, now this next note is crazy. So the group gets sprayed in the face by a camera that has tear gas in it at the Space Center. So these, the bad guys, they pretend to be fake photographers. And they're like, oh, we want to take your picture for the local newspaper. And so they get them to line up against the wall and then they just tear gas them. <laughs> And I was just like, what in the world? How did they smuggle that into NASA, first of all? Even even just on the tour, I'm just like, did nobody, I mean, okay, back then they probably didn't have like x-ray scanners and stuff, but I'm like, this is a government facility. Y'all should be more 
secure than this. You know, you got exploding oranges, you got cameras with tear gas in them. I just, it's crazy. Okay, so this next note kind of has to do with the language again. I think we mentioned in the episode before this, I was talking about how they use the word strange, and I think it's supposed to be interesting instead. But Bess sees a tiny ring at the Pieces of Eight Museum that they go to, and she says, Isn't that pathetic? It's so little, a tiny woman must have worn it. And that sounds like really harsh, but I think they're just saying like, oh, isn't that so small or so diminutive? But I was just like, pathetic. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know. I always think it's interesting what writers choose to use as descriptive words. And I know the times have changed a little bit, but it's interesting. So my next note, Ned, Bert, and Dave wrangle this leopard with a whip and the branches from the sausage tree when the leopard gets out of the property around the moss-covered mansion. And Bess just goes off in her car and just happens to find a doctor and comes back with a hunk of raw meat with tranquilizers in it. And I'm like, well, okay, good thinking on your feet, Bess, but how did you just happen to find a doctor that quickly? And just, it, it was inspired, I'll say that. But you know what? George was right. Those sausage tree branches did make a good swinging weapon. So the next note that I took down, Nancy and Ned ride on top of the van and sneak into the moss-covered mansion and see a pool of boiling water in the basement. So they get on top of the van of the animal trainer because, you know, these wild animals, of course, need a trainer. And there's just there's just a basement of boiling water inside a Victorian mansion in Florida. It's so bizarre. And of course, Nancy and Ned get locked in there by the bad guys, and they're standing on this little ledge, which is very narrow, and they're afraid they're going to fall in. And I was like, the only way that this could be even more amazing is if the ledge is like slowly retracting, like in a James Bond movie. <laughs> but luckily, they didn't do that to our our favorite characters. So, but... This evil scientist was apparently going to destroy the U.S. space program. And they honestly thought that the best way to do this was to get this Victorian mansion with this boiling water pool in the basement and get these wild animals to, you know, roam around the property to keep people from coming to see what they were doing. And they were just going to stake out the, um, the space center across the way and they were going to shoot a missile and bring a rocket down. But it says that this evil genius was in cahoots with another country, but it doesn't say which country. And I was like, my money is on Russia. Because, of course, what other country even gave America a run for its money when it came to the space program? Russia. And then also it's kind of like in the time of the Cold War, you know, approaching that. And so uh, that, that just made sense to me. Now, the next part of this podcast is a segment that I like to call What's Cooking with Hannah Gruen, and Hannah did quite a bit of cooking, even though this is supposed to be a vacation, and uh, she cooked some chicken, rice, and gravy, and apple pie. That's what um, the Rosardos like, stole half of that apple pie, and she also made some roast beef and baked chicken with cream sauce. I really hope Hannah gets a vacation in the next couple books. I think she deserves it. Now onto the part of this podcast episode that I like to call Add That to Your Resume, and we will discuss some of the skills that I think Nancy exhibited in this book. 
So Nancy is again a code breaker, and this code in the newspaper, it's not so much like numbered. It's really just vague things like father is ready for missile launch or, you know, I mean, that's that's a little bit on the nose, but you know what I mean. It's more coded like between a father and a son, but Nancy is able to break that code. I also wrote down that Nancy is a firefighter because when the orange groves get set on fire, she immediately jumps in with Bess and George and they put those fires out. Also, Nancy is just a stunt woman in this book. I mean, she rides on top of this van into the secret facility. She's, you know, trying not to fall into this big boiling swimming pool and become a lobster. I mean, she she pulls off some pretty incredible stunts in this book. And I actually had to put a thing on Ned's resume for this episode because, you know, he may sell insurance in his spare time, but I think he could be a big cat wrangler because he just, he knows exactly what to do with that whip and, you know, the sausage tree branches and he has Bert and Dave helping him, but he's able to get this big leopard into this garage and then Bess throws in that um, meat with the tranquilizers in it. But yeah, Ned showed no fear which was pretty cool. Now onto the things that I liked about the mystery at the moss covered mansion and the things that I didn't like. So I actually loved that this mystery was so outrageous. I, you know, it was interesting to read. It was crazy and I laughed a lot, but I, I thought it was a fun read. I also thought that this definitely showcased all that Florida has to offer, except maybe Disney World. <laughs> now, for the things I didn't like, I also didn't like that it was just so unbelievable. Like, I, it, it was a fun book, but it was so out there. I was just like, what? What is happening? I mean, Nancy Drew, NASA, explosive oranges. I, I was like, you know what? I'm, I just... I'll go with it, but it, it's very unbelievable. Now, I wrote down two magnifying glasses as my rating. I'm kind of wanting to go against my better judgment and give it a three, but I'm, I think I'll keep it at a two because it's it's such a scattered book, but it was entertaining. If you, if you just want to read a Nancy Drew book that makes no sense and is just wild and out there, you've got to read this book because... I think this one tops Mystery at Lilac Inn. Like, shark-shaped submarines are honestly very tame when compared to this book. So yeah, that concludes uh, our episode today, but next week we're going to be talking about the quest of the missing map. So if you like stories about treasure and model ships and Nancy kind of getting into her artistic side, then you won't want to miss next week's episode. Thank you all again for listening, and I hope you all will connect with me over on Instagram at uh, True Drew Podcast. I would love to talk to you all over there about what you guys thought about this book because it was it was a fun read. And if you guys want to leave me a review anywhere that you're listening, Apple, Spotify, wherever, I would really appreciate it. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Drew Podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on the latest information and new episodes, our Instagram is True Drew Podcast. Or for general inquiries, you can email us at truedrewpodcast at gmail.com.